Good morning, ladies. Nahama Siderson here. Hope you're doing well. They say you can't have your cake and eat it too, but I mean, got the snow and it's still gorgeous outside with the blue sky, so I don't know what they're talking about. Anyway, this week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayetse, and it is action-packed from Yaakov running away from his brother Esav, who wants to kill him, all the way to Haran, to his trickster uncle, Lavan, and falling in love with Rachel, and building a family there in, in Haran, and then escaping his father-in-law, Lavan. So it's really, it's quite an adventure. Um, but I cannot resist talking about the famous story of Rachel and Leah. Because as a woman, I relate to this story on such an emotional level. I just can't resist. So here we go. Long story short, Yaakov had fallen in love with Rachel. And he said to Lavan, I want to marry your daughter. And he said, okay, work for seven years. So he worked for seven years. Yaakov and Rachel made up signs, see my name, so that Lavan could not pull any sort of shtick. But at the last minute, Lavan switched Rachel and gave Yaakov Leah. And when Rachel realized this, she gave over these simanim to Leah so that Leah would not be embarrassed. And she, she gave up on her whole future with Yaakov. She did not know she was going to end up marrying Yaakov. She gave up on this whole future so that her sister Leah would not be embarrassed. Of course, Yaakov goes to Lavan and says, after the wedding, what happened? You tricked me. And he says, well, you know, we, you're supposed to give the older, the older daughter first. He gives him excuses. And he says, okay, work for me for another seven years and you can have Rachel. We're going to stop the story here. First of all, Yaakov didn't really put much of a fight up with Lavan. That's first of all. Second of all, how could Leah have gone along with this whole thing? I mean, didn't she realize, like, how could, how could she have been an accomplice to Lavan? And not only that, but later in the Parsha, we have a really interesting um, incident where uh, Leah's son, her oldest son, Reuven, picked special flowers called Dudaim for, for uh, Leah. And Rachel, seeing these Dudaim, which were special flowers that, that were good for fertility, and, and Rachel had not been blessed with children yet, she went to Reuven and asked him for them. And when Leah finds out that Rachel got them, she says to, to Rachel, first you take my husband, and now you take my flowers? You can look inside for the exact, uh, you know, way it's said, but that's the basic story. So how is this possible? I mean, how could you say such a thing to a person who's, who totally saved your neck and saved you from embarrassment and gave up her husband? So although it is true that the story is incredible just on a, on a regular understanding that Rachel did such a thing, there's a possibility here that Leah never knew that Yaakov was planning on marrying Rachel. Times were different back then. And some of the sages say that there's a strong possibility, if you just look at the facts of the story, perhaps Leah never knew that there was ever a scheme. There was ever that she was being traded for, for the person who was really planning on marrying Yaakov. And if you look at it through this lens, the story becomes exponentially greater. I remember when I heard this story in high school, I was sitting in my father's um, Shabbos Drasha, his sermon, next to my sister, Esti, and our jaws were on the floor. I mean, I went home and wrote it down. I actually just looked it up in a high school journal um, because I was so taken by this idea that not only did Rachel give over the signs, which parenthetically, if you're going to say, what were the signs? How did she give those over without Leah realizing? Well, say the sages, the signs may have been the laws of a woman. Nida, family purity, Chala, and Neros. So, if they were just halachos, so it's not so unlikely. You know, Yaakov had taught them to Rachel, and Rachel just told Leah, oh, by the way, here are some halachos. I know them, and these are the ones you need to know once you're married. So it's possible. It wasn't like, you know, here's a special pinky handshake. So not only did she give over these simanim and not embarrass her sister, but for the rest of her life, 
she kept quiet every time that it came up. Meaning Leah said to her, first you take my husband and now you take my, now you take my flowers. Do you realize, do you realize what she could have said back to that? I mean, she, forget just a, a, you know, a nice retort. She could have, she could have torn the whole thing to shreds. She could have unraveled the whole story. I mean, she kept silent the rest of her life. And I think that is why it is such an emotional story for me because Yes, there are times when we keep quiet, but here she was. It, was, it wasn't like a one-time thing that she kept quiet and patted herself on the back. It was, con- it was constantly coming up again. And then she didn't have children and then so on. So Yaakov was in on it too. He was a huge tzaddik and he did not make a big deal about it to love him because he didn't want Leah to find out either. So with this twist, what I always think about on this parsha is this power of shtika, of silence, of tznius, to keep a secret, to be able to withhold something in your heart and not just spill everything out and not always retort when we have a good, uh, a good comment to say back. uh, You know, it's so hard. It is so, so hard to keep it in. But the Vilna Gaon says that for every time that a person locks his mouth and doesn't say something forbidden, whether that be lashon hara, onas devarim, hurtful words, anything, any time that you lock your mouth, you are literally meriting a light that even the angels cannot fathom. For every second, for every moment that, you, that you're keeping quiet. That means even if you end up saying it, that's actually true. Even if you end up saying it, even if you tried not to say it, there's still incredible reward for that. Let us take the power of Mama Rachel, Rachel Imenu, our, our, our dear mother Rachel Imenu, and work on this, on this midah of silence, of shtika, of tznius, and it changes our lives. I know as a woman, I have to work on this. My father once told me that the measure of a good marriage is the bites on one's tongue, the teeth marks on one's tongue. Okay, you could take it for how you'd like that. But it is true that if we're able to keep quiet, we can save ourselves in so many instances within our relationships and within ourselves. It's empowering and it's a beautiful, beautiful mita to work on. Siag lachach mashtika. This is the... It's, Silence is golden. What else can I say? Have a wonderful Shabbos and a great week. Bye-bye.